Welcome to the Law of Living Well podcast with your hosts, Allie and Jess. Sit back, grab your wine or coffee. We don't judge. And join our conversation on the lessons, laughs, and real life moments from an 18-year friendship. You ready? So how has your weekend been so far? This weekend's good. The spring weather is here and I just spent all of the morning cleaning out my car. And I know that's something we've been talking about too, is just like cleaning spaces and things like that. So I was geeking out over having some extra time for that. And we went to dinner last night, had a little triple date. Um, So that was really fun. How was yours? Good. Obviously we all finally got a little taste of some warmer weather. So we went to one of the restaurants we like to go to in the summer. Typically we would prefer to go by boat when it's nicer. Um, But it was definitely good to start going back out to a lot of the places that remind me of spring and summer or, you know, places we would go for a happy hour after work or just getting together with everybody after a long week. I feel like we're slowly starting to move back into that instead of it just being freezing cold and raining all the time. And, you know, no one really wants to leave today. I know I've mentioned in a couple of past episodes that I've lived in New York City during my first year of law school. And then I commuted from my hometown into New York City for the last two years of law school, which is about on a good day, an hour and 15 minute commute and on a bad day up to, you know, two hours or so. So today we want to talk about how your environment and specifically your living space and your living environment impacts your well-being and more specifically how your living space plays such a large role in your overall lifestyle. So I noticed very distinct differences in my overall mindset, my mental state, my Uh, fitness routine, all of those things, I noticed such a difference from living in my hometown to living with six college roommates in, you know, one big sorority house to living in a very small New York City apartment with someone that I didn't know beforehand, which obviously we'll get into later. But I think it really has a large impact where you live, how you curate your space. Um, And so I'm really excited to talk about that today. And Hopefully at the end of this episode, you're confident in your own ability to set some boundaries, take space where needed, whether it's living with a roommate, a significant other, family members, um, and ultimately get excited about curating a living space that you can love and feel happy and at peace in. By now, everyone knows that I'm like super, super into wellness, nutrition, and all of that. And Um, I think it's a really cool topic to talk about the space that you live in and your environment, because when it comes to nourishment, that's something that um, I'm learning right now in my course. And it's something I really believe in uh, when I go forward and teach others how to just kind of incorporate healthier habits. It's you could eat perfect and do all the perfect routines, but if you're not loving your space or your space isn't really providing the right energy or passion or motivation for what you want to do it can really deter you. So this is, um, it's going to be, you know, living in different cities and things like Ali said, but again, those boundaries, like that can impact pretty much everything when it comes to wellness. And I'm excited too, to talk about my own little path um, from college, of course, where Ali and I lived together, but also the first time I moved out, I probably lived alone for, I want to say three months and then COVID hit. So During those quarantine times, I was totally alone and had to learn a lot about what the living situation does for your mental health, for your physical health and all of that. So very much looking forward to this one. All right. So why don't you kick us off with our first segment? Is it written in the stars? Today's is it written in the stars? I actually pulled horoscopes from the Astro Twins. So I'm trying to switch it up a little bit just to get a little taste and make sure we're not being overly biased. But for today's, um, I'll go ahead and read the Virgo. Uh, This is the weekly horoscope for this week. So Virgo, snap out of that tech trance and pay attention to who's around you. Powerful people will sweep into your world this Tuesday and horizon expanding Jupiter gets a dream beam from enchanted Neptune. 
For the first time since 1865, this duo of hopes and dreams is meeting up in Pisces and your seventh house of relationships. So these connections could have a meant to be quality to them. Thanks to global Jupiter, you'll feel that cosmic click with people from different parts of the world. And who knows, under these spontaneous skies, you might even hatch a travel plan. So well, 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 this sounds exciting. <laughs> I mean, but I'm excited to meet some powerful people. Apparently on Tuesday, I feel like there's every day when I go to work, there's different people that I come across that either make me realize that no one actually knows what they're doing. And they're kind of just chugging along and doing the best that they can, which gives me a sense of confidence as I'm newly starting off. <laughs> but then sometimes I meet people that I would like to go out of my way to grab a lunch with and just kind of pick their brains and learn more about, you know, how they got to where they are or just go over, you know, different tactics and things like that with them. So maybe I'll meet someone interesting career wise this week, which is exciting to look forward to. Um, and overall, it just seems like a very inspiring week that I'm about to have. I am trying to make travel plans for Memorial Day weekend. I'm looking to go to the Keys instead of doing my typical, you know, Jersey Shore Memorial Day weekend for the first time. I don't think I've ever left for Memorial Day weekend. So but why would you want to miss all the fun? <laughs> <laughs> I had probably the worst Memorial Day weekend experience last year that I ever had, not because of anybody's fault, but the weather was so horrible. Mm -hmm, if you yeah. saw on the news, lines of people waiting outside of bars and garbage bags for some reason I was stupid enough to do that yes we were literally wearing garbage bags waiting on two-hour lines and we kept being told you're not getting in it's too long the bouncers like kept coming up to everybody and we're like no we've been waiting we're coming in and I did that every day so I was like you know what this year I'm out <laughs> I hope that you hatch a travel plan or five and use all of Chelsea's amazing tips from our episode. I absolutely will. Especially the one that you gave too about the Apple maps, like saving yes. different places you want to go. Absolutely doing that. Okay. So yours Aquarius is follow the money with visionary Jupiter and dream weaver Neptune doing a soulful Samba in Pisces. You could finally bust through a block that's been stalling your financial aspirations. This ultra rare event hasn't happened since 1865, and it could bring violet light awakenings around how to create more lasting security for yourself. Divine downloads may stream into your consciousness all Tuesday. Record them all, even the what the hell weird ones that make a little bit of sense. Hint, they might just be ahead of their time. Ooh, juicy. All right, well, first of all, I really like... <laughs> I like how the Astro twins are writing these and I love, so like for context, Allie and I are reading these out, but we have not looked at them previous. So we're getting a little tripped up on our words, but it's so funny to hear each other read these. <laughs> They're very dramatic. <laughs> yeah, but I like it. They're like spicy. And okay. So I think I like Astro twins. Um, but I, so as far as like money and all of this, and also just like awakenings around like lasting security, I've been <laughs> struggling with what I want to do with my career, which is like a really big uh, cliffhanger for what's to come in this year for me. But I'm in a career now, we just did an entire episode on careers and I talk about it. Um, but there's something inside of me that, okay, this is going to sound like the cheesiest thing ever. But I have a dream that I'm manifesting of what I want for my future. And this year, more than ever, it's really coming to a head. And I'm so excited for it. And it's not anything that's going to happen very soon. But that being said, I'm preparing for it. So like, as far as money security, I'm kind of living now, like I am not having a big income so that I can save up and really essentially follow my dreams. Um, fingers crossed for me and maybe the Astro twins are onto something here, but got this. that's, yeah, that's been literally the top of my mind all week long. And it's kind of exciting to think that this week it'll, I think some of those awakenings too are like, I have so many creative ideas come to me weirdly during runs, but just like, of oh, it's, you know, I'm going to do this with like my new adventure and yeah. So Looking forward to that. And it sounds like we're both in for a really good week.
Okay, so let's get into the crux of this week's episode. So I wanted to kind of start taking it back a step um, and talking first about growing up in a small town and how that, you know, kind of fuels a sense of comfortability in that, you know, Jess and I were both raised in small town feeling places um, in elementary school. Everyone pretty much knew each other. All of our friends, parents knew each other. My parents knew all of my friends. Um, you have, you know, your go-to McDonald's, your go-to Wawa, your places that, you know, you're consistently hanging out at. And I personally liked where I grew up because I felt like, not that we were naive because I don't think that we were, but had I grown up, for example, in the city or in North Jersey, where I went to college, I think I would have been a completely different type of person and not in a better or a worse way. But I think that living in a small town really allows you to gain a sense of comfortability and make, you know, lifelong friends. Like I still talk to so many of my friends from elementary school, middle school, high school, and things like that. But I definitely think on the other hand, that comes with needing to cut the ties and move out of that small town at some point to really see what your potential is. And you kind of got to do that. So you left me in high (laughs) school and you transitioned over to a new high school that was at least, I think your class was triple the size of yeah, my high school class. And so you kind of got a taste of still being in, you know, a smaller town feeling type of town, but you got a bigger high school experience where you got to meet more people. Imagine being, you're going into freshman year of uh, high school and you have a best friend, you have this whole group of friends and everyone's excited for high school. I feel like, you know, you go into middle school, it's exciting, but like high schools where you kind of figured out who you are a little bit more, you know, the friends that actually want to spend time with you and you're doing sports and all that. So imagine your parents just dropping on you. Hey, guess what? You're actually, we're moving. So that's what happened to me. And I felt very, very out of my element through the entire freshman year of high school, instead of like meeting people in my classes or my new town, uh, which wasn't that far away. I was constantly hanging out with people from Allie's school. And I mean, CJ, who I'm dating now went to Allie's high school. So like, I stayed with that crowd a lot. And I also, if I wasn't hanging out with all of you, I was hanging out with people on my field hockey team. So just like looking back at that, I feel like I did not like at one even ounce leave my little close circle. It goes all the way to college because I ended up going to Seton Hall because you were going there. Not (laughs) totally because you were going there, but like knowing that we could be roommates, like that made the decision comfortable for me. I was, I think, completely shaped by that entire experience. And even moving high schools, it, I stayed, like I stayed, I couldn't tell you that I can go to my 10 year reunion right now and know anybody comfortably. And I think that's probably the biggest takeaway of being from a small town is you hang out with your teammates. I cheered in middle school and in high school. So I hung out with my teammates. I had the same core group of friends, essentially from elementary school all the way through high school. And like you said, even though you were at a different high school, you were still in our friend group that, you know, still all got together. And I think you brought up a good point. Like in high school, I never would have been like, let me just take myself to lunch and get lunch. It was always... (laughs) I needed to be with someone, even going to the mall. Let's go to the mall and just hang out. There was no sense of independence really at that time, which I think is normal. I think it definitely started to change at least a little bit in college because obviously freshman year, as we've talked about, you and I lived together and our sophomore year, we found out we didn't have enough cumulative (laughs) points or there was a point system at the school. And so we weren't going to be able to select each other as roommates our sophomore year. And again, going back to the comfortability thing, we were like, absolutely not. 
we've lived with each other, you know, for a year now, we're not going to get stuck with random people. We already have our friends and, you know, all of that. So we decided to just move off campus. (laughs) Well, even actually, Al, before that, when we first went into freshman year, so you're picturing these two girls who are like, like everyone says, don't room with your best friend because you don't really get to know people. And I would say we, we got to know people, but like we used each other as a crutch all the time. Like we were both constantly going to the same things down to, I mean, I'll just like slightly mention that we were both in a sorority that we since don't affiliate with, but like even that decision we made together. But I think what was really cool is that to know in this whole thing is our school was Seton Hall University. And so if anyone is familiar with New Jersey, we're from like South Jersey and very like by the ocean, like very anti, like it's not anti-city, but it's Arguably like the opposite. Central Jersey. Yeah. Well, you know, it <laughs> depends who you ask. Pork roll, Taylor ham, I don't know. Um, but we were kind of shell-shocked because when you get to North Jersey, where our school was, you're getting exposed to a lot of people who lived in the city, New York City, and or around New York City. And there's a crazy difference in the independence that those people have. And I think because freshman year, we surrounded ourselves with those people. I mean, we were taking trains into the city and walking around the streets. And that was so foreign to me. Like I was completely out of my element. But I think having those people and, you know, they're like navigating like the New Jersey transit or like calling subways and cabs and all this stuff with like fearless. Um, I think that really started to like open both of our eyes to like, okay, we can live independently too. And then we had this like a little bit more taste for wanting to live that way and like get out and not just do like the status quo. Let's be friends with each other and go home every weekend. Yeah, that's a good point. That was really the first time freshman year we would, we had access to the train, which in by us, there's not really, you can't take the train from town to town here. You would yeah. take it into the city from some of the local towns, but you can't just go from town to town. So our freshman year, we would hop on the train and go to Hoboken for the day. We would go to the city for the day. We would go into Milburn and like a lot of the local towns that were there. And we could literally get there by train and just, you know, explore a new town, get lunch, go shopping and, you know, do all of these things. Whereas when we were home, we were again, going to all of the same friends' houses. We were all going to the same places for dinner, half apps at Applebee's. Like we were doing the same (laughs) things. So I think that was our first taste of, okay, we're in a new part of the state, a new city. Let's kind of take advantage of it. Now resume at sophomore year, the situation we found ourselves in. After finding out that we likely would not be able to room together, we decided, well, that's it. We are moving off campus. We didn't want to risk, you know, starting over with new people and we weren't in a sorority at that point. So we just really weren't looking to meet new people at that time. So we started looking for off-campus housing in the area. So we ended up finding a two-story house where we would rent the first floor and then there was a finished basement and then another group of guys would rent the second floor and the attic. And that's a whole story for another time how that year of living um, went. But essentially we moved in there and we needed to get at least another roommate. I'm trying to even remember how the sequence went. So we had one roommate that was a friend of a friend of a friend, essentially. Um, We were just putting the word out there, you know, we just need one extra person to live with us. Like all of our (laughs) other friends had their living situation. And so we ended up living with this girl for only a couple of months. She ended up, uh, she commuted most of the year. So she ended up going home. And then we joined our sorority. And that's when we went up to Chelsea, our travel expert who was on our last episode. And essentially coerced her at the first time ever meeting her um, into living with us. We literally went up to her and we're like, hey, we're looking for a roommate. Like, do you want to live with us? Knowing nothing really about her besides that she was like very involved on campus because we would see her name everywhere with like student government and everything. 
Um, well, she was in the business school with us too. So she was in like a few of our, I think, mutual classes or something like that. But yeah. Um, and that was for one year. We all lived together. Um, and then we ended up, my parents started getting into the investing and house flipping business at that point. So they ended up finding a house that was also close to campus, probably about a mile um, out of the front gates of our campus. So we decided to move into that house. Um, and that was just a whole other experience with finding roommates again. <laughs> um, but it was always Jess and I at the end of the day. Um, but yeah. Chelsea ended up coming with us. We then recruited um, our close friend who's still our close friend today, Carrie. Again, we really didn't know much about her except for, you know, she was a really nice girl. She was in our sorority. So again, we were like, <laughs> hey, can you live with us? So she ended up living with us as well. And then, you know, we went through a mix of roommates throughout the next couple of years from sophomore year through senior year. Um, but I think we definitely through that experience living with all of those different groups of people found that it's very important to vet who you're living with before you live with them. And I think Jess can really speak to that. Literally. I, okay. So I think it's weird because when I, when we were freshmen in our dorm, like, I don't feel like there was much I could complain about. Like, I don't remember anything that was like annoying that you did. I mean, maybe like, I'm sure we weren't like perfect all the time, but there wasn't, there wasn't much that I could say like, oh, I need, you know, my future roommates to have this quality like Allie does. I just was like content. So when we were going into that second year, sophomore year, moving away, and I was like, okay, not, I have my own room. So going from a dorm with a twin XL bed, that was like absolutely tiny. Oh, and also our dorms freshman year had communal bathrooms. So the idea that we could have a normal shower that only we were using, that to me was enough. Like I thought that was all I needed. And I think what I really learned is that it's almost like freshman year, you're really stimulated by so much going on. But as your classes start to get serious, like, I think I was like, okay, I need people who can respect that there's going to be nights that I have a project due or whatever it might be. And like, when you start to have cars, this is such a weird thing. I don't know if you agree, Allie, but that's when I started to realize like, people's just like respect for you. So we had one very, very long skinny driveway in our first house sophomore year and just the simple nature of like who you could depend on to say hey I have class can you just make sure like you know what time are you going to be out in the morning or whatever it is and just like there would be times one time I couldn't go home for like Thanksgiving break until five hours passed when I was supposed to leave because somebody was blocking me in and like yep. you start to realize once there's more at stake like dishes is another thing you don't think about that in the dorm but like dishes, laundry, all of that, that stuff, I felt like, yeah, of course I was the one pointing it out. And I also am like a weirdo and love to clean for fun. So like there would be weekends, we'd all go home and I'd come back early and just clean for us. I don't really care. But as we started to go and get more and more roommates that we did not know previously, you start to realize that like, there are some people who are really just don't value the same things, which is fine. But like, I personally, I like, like my mental health really thrives when the area around me is cleanly. And so when my room would be clean in this big house we were living in with like six girls at one time, and we'd go downstairs and all of a sudden the, the kitchen is just a disaster. It made me feel like, I guess like the first little bursts of my like anxiousness, which I wasn't realizing was that at the time. So I felt, I was like, wow, I'm the nag. I'm the constant one putting in the group chat. Like, you know, can, can we all like clean like this weekend or whatever? Yeah. I think it's especially in college because you don't have, I don't know. I feel like nowadays my coping skills are a lot different in that I don't, I try not to let things get to me as much as maybe I did in college or you think more before you react. But I think just living in a house with so many girls and so many different personalities, it can get tricky regardless of how many people you're living with or where you're living to all be on the same page all the time. I don't even know that that's realistic regardless of how close you are with that person because we all go through different, you know, 
periods in our life. Half of our house was either student teaching or interning every other day during the week. And the other half was studying for law school or, you know, babysitting or had time to go grab margaritas, you know, for a happy hour. So it was all about making sure that at least everyone knew everybody else's schedule and trying to make sure that everybody not only knew about it, but respected it. Because I know there were definitely times where we would have to sit down and have conversations like, listen, I work on, you know, Wednesday mornings at 8am. I can't have, you know, everybody coming back from a party super late and super loud on a Tuesday. And sometimes that would be me coming home with my friends and we're laughing and joking and ordering food. And then I realize after the fact, oh no, like our roommates are upstairs sleeping. They have to be up for work tomorrow. And so you have to balance without just completely giving up what you want to do. Like that doesn't mean you just can't go out or you can't do certain things, but you have to be open to having those conversations. And I think at times we definitely would get hostile with each other instead of just, you know, bringing it up in the moment because there were so many people, it was easy to get that, you know, group mentality of half the house thought something or two people thought something and four people thought the other. I feel like there were definitely times where, you know, we probably could have communicated better, but again, we were college girls. So that's, that's really all we knew how to do at that time. I will tell you though, like kind of completing that chapter of our story. Like, so in this stage where I was in my comfort zone, didn't really like hang out with people outside of that to going to roommates that you really don't know, like you have to learn really good communication skills. And I don't think at all, any of us got it perfect, but I think that it was really cool to have that experience then because I, if I like, say I had commuted for the next three years of college and we only did that freshman year or something, I don't know that I would have had the ability to first know what I like in a house and like, you know, where, how do I like to like, even just like getting the chance to set up our own rooms. Like that was a really cool moment of, you know, dorm is one thing, but when you have a house like that, like we all had full rooms, closets, we had bathrooms, we had to learn, okay, we need to now talk about hair in the shower because now there's other people. And those are things that when you're living at home, like you don't, I mean, of course, I'm sure parents like are nagging about certain things, but we were completely on our own. And there was, when it came time to pay bills and things like that, like we all had to communicate. And sometimes it's really awkward to be like, hey, uh, you haven't paid me for like two months on the water bill or, you know, who's going to set up our Verizon or whatever it might be. That, I think those moments really teach you a lot because no one was coming and doing that for us. And even though your dad was a landlord, like if we had a situation happen, which we did, like, no, there's no one to call. There's no RA. Like you have to look around. It was a alley. <laughs> yeah. Well, but no, I yeah. definitely agree. It really was our first taste. I would definitely say that everyone should live off campus, whether it's with a group of friends or people you knew beforehand or whatever it may be during those college years, because you get your first experience with managing bills, who's paying them, how you're paying them, seeing how much electric bills are and heat and air conditioning and all of that and realizing, wow, this costs a lot of money. And it also makes you respect it a lot more, obviously in your own house. But then when you go home, you know, on breaks to your parents' house and stuff, it just puts everything into a new perspective and how much groceries cost and working together to make sure that there's not 25 jars of sauce in the refrigerator <laughs> and that you're cooking together and, you know, using things. But I think overall, throughout all of the years and all of the different people that we lived with, I loved living in that house. And I was very happy to have, you know, my own room, my own bathroom and a space where at the end of the day, even if we weren't able to agree on, you know, a living situation or if the kitchen was, you know, messy, or if we had had a pregame or a party and our floors were sticky, I at least had my room that I painted pink. It was my comfortable, happy space. It had bright colors. I would just sit in my room and watch Netflix if I was feeling, you know, overwhelmed. And I think that shadow is kind of off of what you said. As long as you have your space, even in a house with a million other people, it 
can really get you through if you're having those moments of, okay, I need to just be by myself and distance myself from the situation without having to completely leave your own house, essentially. These spaces happen in all different stages of life. And even if you don't have physical, like large space to yourself, I think there's always a really cool way to make it your own. Specifically, leading off of the topic of space, I lived in (laughs) the city for a year. I forget the exact measurements of my apartment. I could probably do it on my phone. Let me let me actually calculate this out because in perspective, for those of you who may have a house or are looking at places to see how small it was. So the main living space in our studio apartment was 324 square feet. And we had a small galley kitchen and I would say a pretty good sized bathroom for, you know, our apartment. But that was the extent of our apartment. I want to say 720 square feet ish was the whole studio. And so my bedroom was nine feet by nine feet. And I had a full bed. I had, we didn't, we had one closet in the whole apartment. So I got one of those Ikea, like armoire wardrobe things. So I was able to fit that in my room, but I had to be sitting on my bed to open it because that's how close it was to my bed. (laughs) And then at the edge of my bed, I had a small, tiny Ikea, like glass table writing desk thing, which again, touched both my bed and the wall. So my room was very tiny. And again, we shared a studio. It was my roommate and I. So we had someone come in, which is very common in the city to put up temp walls. And so in our building, the ceilings were very high, but you can't have your walls go all the way to the ceiling. You probably could. And I think we've definitely seen people in our building who had it. But again, we're freshly, however old we are, 21, 22, going into the city. We're not trying to, you know, get evicted from our apartment already. So our walls didn't go all the way to the ceiling. There was probably like a one foot gap. And then our, you weren't allowed to have a door either. And so we just had the opening for a door, but no actual doors. So essentially it was a room with a bed. I wouldn't even call it a bedroom. <laughs> it was literally a small box with a bed. Um, so it was very difficult to find once like the nuance of, wow, I'm, you know, 21 years old living in this big city in a New York city apartment, you know, in this beautiful high rise building. And, you know, it was super cool to have my own space essentially. And after all of that wore off and the stress of midterms and finals and all of that started to set in and like stuff back at home, I was like, okay, I need to find ways to create my own space within this very tiny space. And I realized at times too, even the city itself, which is so big, can feel tiny when you're going from your little apartment to, you know, all of these tall buildings when you're walking around. So I did definitely struggle after the initial phase of excitement wore off with even just walking to and from the grocery store. You can only carry back what can fit on your arm. So like if I needed a gallon of milk and iced tea and eggs, essentially that's all I can fit on one arm because I was not carrying much more than that. Um, So I would try to find ways to create my own space by looking forward to going to the grocery store, you know, every other day and just getting a few things and putting together maybe a meal I wanted to make or I would, you know, leave an extra 30 minutes in the morning before I needed to leave and take a new, you know, route to class that day and stumble upon a new area and kind of just walk around outside and really embrace everything that the city has to offer. Um, And then the same thing on my way home, that was my time to kind of clear my headspace before going back to the apartment and cooking and cleaning and studying and getting back into my routine there. Um, so I feel like I had, I really had to make a choice to appreciate where I was living, but also realize that there were more behind just the walls of my apartment. And I needed to just kind of push myself sometimes to get out there, especially when there would be really bad weather and we were on the 29th floor. So when it gets super cloudy out, 
you cannot see a single thing out the windows, which really freaked wow, me terrifying. out. Oh my I God. was like, um, and then you feel the wind of the building moving and you're Ooh. like, oh, okay. This is, this is interesting. I'm just going to go, you know, hang out in the living room, watch a movie. Um, but I think living in that space was positive in that it gave me independence. You know, I met my roommate, so I still wasn't alone in the city. I had someone who also hadn't lived in the city before, and we kind of were able to navigate it together, um, find places to eat together. And I, for the first time, gained a sense of independence where like on my way home from class, if I saw a cute little restaurant, I would just stop in and get dinner by myself. Or if I had a stressful day, I would stop at, you know, the wine bar and grab a glass of wine and just walk around the seaport. And I was comfortable doing things like that with myself, which I think is the first time that I really started to do that because I was out of my comfort zone. So I was excited to kind of find new spots and create, you know, my own sense of routine. Um, and I got, which I feel like you would love this if they did this here, Jess. And I think they do, but they just don't have enough studios. I needed to put some type of fun activity or like fitness thing in my routine to break up, you know, school and other things. And so I joined with my roommate, this app called class pass. And if oh, you're in yes. the city or Hoboken hundred percent would recommend signing up for this app. Essentially you get depending on your package, a certain amount of credits per month. And each studio applies, like say you get 75 credits for the month. One studio for a class could be five credits. And so you can work in however many you want per week. You can add more, but essentially it allows you to try out all different types of studios. Um, I don't know how to say it, chirotherapy, um, mm -hmm. facials, all of these different programs and you know studios and things like that you could rotate in and out and then if you liked one you could obviously start a membership there as well so I did that and I ended up joining a hot yoga studio called Y7 that was in Tribeca by my school and they actually did um themed music nights so like one night would just be all Drake music and oh my god that's it was awesome. a faster flow so it was almost like a not dancing but like it wasn't your typical like calming yoga it was more of like a fun workout type of experience so I looked forward to doing things like that like trying out my new class or going to you know a little food market on my way home um so I definitely do miss living in the city and that independence that I had especially now that I'm living home with my parents again um but I don't know it was fun and I got to have my friends come in and visit me and stuff and I think living in your own space outside of the college atmosphere plays such a huge role. Food-wise and fashion-wise, what was that like in the city? Because I feel like those are two things that are so different from where we live right now to like when you're in a city like that and you have so many different options and just like you're constantly, I think you're seeing more people. And all, all I have to say is anytime I visit a city, whether it's all the way in Europe and Paris, or it's just going to like New England. I always get inspired by both, again, the food, new dishes and flavors and things like that, and what people are wearing. So I want to hear like just your perspective on when you were there and all that. So before you even finish that question and said you feel inspired, I was going, my first response was going to say <laughs> one way I would summarize the city is that it's inspiring. So there you go. at least we're on the same page with that. Um, no, but it absolutely is because there would be obviously times, I mean, you can't walk down a street and not find something that, you know, pops out to your eye, whether it's a food place or, you know, a clothing store or whatever. So there were a couple places, like there was this one in this one target all the way in the back, they had a Chobani Greek yogurt, um, like parfait bar. That was run by what? the actual Chobani. Yeah. So you could essentially go and get a Greek yogurt parfait, but they also had a frozen like aspect to it. So you can get frozen oh Greek yogurt. So I would go there probably a couple times a week. I would get frozen <laughs> vanilla Greek yogurt with strawberries, granola, and honey. That was my order. And 
it was like oh my god so my good. I want know, that right favorite now. dessert on my it was so refreshing I don't even think you could find that here um yeah no but again it's things like that that you wouldn't even think of how, like you would think okay like frozen yogurt cool but like frozen Greek yogurt is just such a different take like I like Greek yogurt as it is um and it's just such a different take on it and that's what my favorite part about the city was that like, even if you're going to a pasta place, you're going to find pasta done so many different ways than like your standard, like mom and pop place here, you know, where we live. And so I tried to, my roommate was a lot more adventurous food wise than I was. So she would take us to a lot of really cool places. And I did try as much food as I could, but like certain things, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't find it in me to do it. Um, (laughs) But I think definitely food wise, I would find things on menus that I would then come home and try to recreate. And I still will make some of the stuff that I, you know, learned from the city today. And so that was definitely one of my favorite parts. And then the fashion aspect is, I mean, New York for fashion is, is the place to go. So I think every day when I went to class was my fashion show. So every day I walked the city, I would find certain outfits that I liked on people. And I'd be like, Oh, I have something similar to that. You know, why haven't I thought to put that together? Or that's something that's out of the box that, you know, I would never see myself wearing, but it kind of works here. Like you can kind of get away with anything in the city. And so having my roommate, she had a lot of really cute clothes. So we would often just like style each other and just trade clothes. And I'd be like, where's that tan bodysuit that you had? I want to wear it with these shoes. And so it was just essentially really fun to always have a reason to dress up, even if it's going to the food store, like everyone in the city is always either dressed up, quote unquote, in their like athleisure to go run their errands, or they're dressed up because they have an event or a meeting. So it was definitely very fun and very inspiring, both food and fashion wise. And that's what makes me miss it most today. Like now that I'm not going to school there or working there or living there. I miss that aspect the most. Yeah. Oh my God. I, so you're inspiring me right now because I don't think I could ever live in the city, New York city at least. And every time I go there, I feel that inspiration, but I also feel like extreme anxiety, like driving. Oh my God. freaks me out. Public transportation. I feel like I can never get right. I like, we literally visited our friend. We visited Chelsea in Hoboken to record our travel episode And on the way back, I took the wrong turn four different times and ended up somehow almost entering the city. So like, I, it just, it's a lot for me, but that city life aspect, like I always try to think, how can I, like, I think that's the cool part too. It's like when, whenever I visit somewhere, I think about what can I take from that place and bring it into my life here? Because your environment and your living area I don't think it's just like your physical, like pinpoint on a map location, you can make it different things. So like, there's things that I loved when we went to Europe that I try to replicate in our house. Um, But like that being said too, there's between the workout thing that you said, yes, I wish, I mean, I should look into it, but you've inspired me that I am really, really stuck on this whole, uh, like online workout thing. And then we have a gym here. So I do my runs on the treadmill or we walk outside. But other than that, like I work from home. So there's not really a lot of that interaction I'm getting. And I've gotten kind of stale with my workouts. Like I've done all the different programs that I like and I switch between them each month. But it's that element of like being in a class or like you don't know what music they're going to play and stuff like that, that I think I really miss and I never really got to do that because there's not a lot going on here, but there is some, there's a lot that did pop up. So now my little takeaway already, hopefully everyone else is getting takeaways, but mine is that even though I'm not in the city, I want to pull that element in and try to see what classes are around here and actually get myself to like get dressed and go to different workout classes and like try them out in that way. I'll create my own little class pass maybe. (laughs) Um, and then food wise, like I, and fashion wise too, I do love like being able to walk around and I, even around here, like I have found so many little coffee shops that I'm like, I love this because I think it's so unique to this area, but there's, you exhaust that list in like 
a, a week because there's not that much going on. But that doesn't mean that like I can't dress for any occasion I want. So now like this week, I know I'm going to go to a coffee shop at least two days and the weather's warmer. Like, why don't I just like dress up as if I'm in a city walking to a coffee shop? Um, I feel like I've kind of, I let that go because I see the people around me just like casual, but you can really make it your own. So that's what I'm taking away from that. Absolutely. If there's one thing that I, you know, miss the most from the city and need to like start incorporating back into my life. And I get a little gist of it every time I go into the city and visit, or like if I meet, you know, my boyfriend in the city after he gets done with work for dinner or something is just that don't, you know, let your surroundings just become stagnant because you feel like, you know, there's not many options. There's always options as long as you're, you know, getting out there and searching for them. And maybe in this area, it takes a little bit more searching to find new places after you've already tried ones. But I think just continuing to always want to try something new and want to try a new outfit and meet new people and have that independence. Like, oh, let me just drive out to this coffee shop and try it out, which I know you've been doing a lot of is something that is super important because especially depending on the area that you live in, it can become so easy to feel like very stuck almost in a way in that there's not much else to do here. I'm kind of stuck in my routine and it can almost, you know, have an impact on how you are mentally. Oh, a hundred percent. It has an impact. And I think that's where I have had a really hard time transitioning from COVID life to like what life is now. And I guess this is actually a great time to go into it, but okay. So going back to COVID hits, I'm in this little winter rental that was my first time ever living alone. And all of a sudden the news comes on and we're told we really can't go anywhere and everything's closed. And so not only am I like alone, you know, so I don't know what it was like for everyone, but picture they put a thing up like, you know, food shopping and grocery shopping. You can only go between certain hours because there's hours for like high risk people. You need to wear a mask now, all of these new mandates that were coming out. And then at any grocery store by me in the beginning, there was lines out the door. So that was me fending for myself thinking, okay, do I stock up on everything? Like I kind of, I stocked my own pantries for myself. Like all of that was like, I had to make these decisions without basically being able to just turn on the couch to someone else and be like, oh, what do we do? What do we want to do? Like that was all me. So the other part is that my parents, I had just moved out. And of course I loved the independence. But I also all of a sudden was afraid to see them and didn't know if I could and didn't know when the next time I could was. So I was so, so alone. And I had the beach up the street. And I think like, of course, you know, who doesn't want to live by the beach? But during that time, especially, I would just walk up and this was March. So it's not like it's beautiful summer in New Jersey. I would walk up to the sand and just look at the waves sometimes just to like remind myself that there's a world out there because it was so isolating at times. And when I was like working from home, I was working from my counter. I mean, this beach bungalow was small, like talk about small spaces. Like it was (laughs) fine for me. It really was, but it was nothing like the space became, it felt like it was closing in on me at many times, but I loved that I could, like, I took a lot of walks where I just bundled up and just took walks along the bay and just really started to appreciate like having those things in my life. And I think one of the biggest takeaways from that experience was a, I quickly learned what's important. So I didn't really care about like what was the latest trend on TikTok or what was on Netflix. I actually found that in that time I watched little to no TV and I actually learned that was when I started journaling for the first time it's when I started started going on walks, like out of enjoyment. I never, never, ever used to do that. Like I would strain myself to walk my dog, but I really, I learned to like literally just put, oh, podcast. That actually was when that became a big thing in my life. And I preferred to listen to audio and just go move my body. Even when I had no one to like, you know, kind of guide me towards that, it didn't matter. So I was making my own schedule from start to finish. And I, from that point forward, realized wherever I do end up living, the things that are important to me are A, 
that I'm close to like the environment and an area that I can go to mentally clear. So whether that's an ocean, a body of water of any type, but also just like a nice trail or somewhere that feels safe that I can leave my house and kind of have that moment, listen to a podcast, music, whatever, and feel safe around me. And I also learned that I don't need a really big space. I don't need the biggest house in the world. Um, But there are things I like. So I really like to have plants in my house and I like to have them in certain spots. I like to always, wherever I look around to be able to see something green or blooming. I also really enjoy not having a TV in my bedroom, which was a product of where I lived at that time. But I learned like, you know, the way I like my routine is that I like that when I go into my bedroom, that's my place that it went from in the dorm or living at home, the only space you have. So of course everything's in there to, no, I have a living room now. So my bedroom is my calm space. And when I enter my bedroom, I'm going to sleep and I'm resting and I'm relaxing. When I exit my bedroom, there's a TV in the living room. I can enjoy that there. So it's like very weird how it impacted me because those things I, I, when I first moved in that place, I was still going to work, commuting, bumping all around every weekend we had planned. So I don't think I actually got to experience what I needed in a living space until COVID happened. I think it honestly takes living in different places. My microphone just fell. Um, I think it takes living in different places to really find what you like and you don't like. And I mean, that goes back to right college. Obviously we change, you know, in our personalities from then, but even just little things that you take with you. Um, and I think now, like you said, one of the big things is realizing like your bedroom, once you have a place to yourself is a place where you go to sleep and you can put your things in other places and other closets and have, you know, that expanded space. Whereas like right now at my parents' house, obviously I have things like throughout the house, but all of my like knickknacks and like random things that I don't know where to put them that would not typically be in my room are in my room. And I have such little space that it often feels like slightly overwhelming in here because I have bins under my bed. I have bins in my closet and there's just so much stuff that like, I don't know where to put it and I just don't want it in my bedroom. So I think that's definitely an important um, takeaway is making sure that, you know, your bedroom feels calming, comfortable, whether that's like a paint color or room darkening curtains or a sound machine or whatever it may be, making sure that you don't let, you know, the outside clutter come in, like your work stuff stays, you know, in an office or in a living room or something like that. So the other part of this is working remotely. And that's what kind of where I was going before is that I haven't left that like that scenario, right? Like it wasn't temporary for me to have my, the place I sleep, the place I enjoy myself, the place I relax, the place I work out and the place I work all just like in the same, honestly, four walls. So that has been a really big transition of just even the workspace. So for anyone who's working from home or like perhaps wants to in the future and go with one of these fully remote jobs, which I know there's a ton out there um, and that's the situation I'm in is, so I went, you know, that first little bungalow, there was absolutely no space for me to set up even a desk. So I had a big counter luckily with like stool tops and that's where I'd work every day. And I kind of set up like an area of it as my desk, because I mean, who was coming over? So that was fine. And it was, I thought it was temporary. Um, When my lease ended there, I ended up getting an apartment that was closer by, but by no means was it like super nice. And I ended up in that area, making my dining room into my office. I thought that would be fine because it was such an upgrade. Like, you know, I had this new spot that I could actually get like a big L-shaped desk and set up my monitors and all of that. As I progressed through that year of living there, I realized like I'm walking in every single day, like where my door was, I'm walking directly into my office. And it felt even more so like I couldn't separate out those aspects of my life. And 
what's funny is actually um, I got feedback from an old colleague after our career episode that just went live last week. Um, and if you're not listening to this episode on the day it drops, definitely go back and look for our careers episode right before this one. But in that episode, um, we talked a lot about like balance and work-life balance. And I had someone actually point out to me that one of the best rules of thumb when you're talking about work-life balance or kind of balancing like this never ending, you're remote. So your work's there physically with you is that you kind of have to have your different selves, which sounds crazy, but you have your work. Like I have work Jess. Work Jess turns on at 9 a.m. She turns off at 6 p.m. And then everything else around me and what I do is the passionate Jess or the creative Jess or the girlfriend Jess, like the dog mom Jess, whatever it is. You kind of have to assume those other roles and it makes it really hard when you're not, there's no like signal to switch those things off. So I realized that when my work situation was situated literally in the middle of everything, I never actually walked away from it. So my, I logged off, but there was no like, okay, I'm closing the door on this. Like I saw everything all the time. So if there was stressful moments at work, I would go to bed thinking about them. I'd be making dinner, eating dinner, thinking about them because I'm staring at it. Whereas now um, I have since moved into a much better place and apartment for me for so many reasons. But one of the biggest is because I have an office and I close the door physically at night. And that's what signals like, okay, the Jess that is everything outside of work is now here and has entered the building because otherwise it is so difficult to like make those transitions. And I can only imagine for someone who's like a mom or things like that and assumes many roles in their life in that way, it's a similar concept where if it's all surrounding you all the time, it's really hard to find like the place where you're just you. I give you so much props for just working home in general and finding ways. Obviously it's been a trial and error with different apartments and setting it up in different spots. But I think the way that you've been able to create that distance, obviously some days go longer than others, but having that separate space where you close the door and you walk away is so important. But I still feel like for me, I would somehow still be wrapped up into it. So I give you and anybody else who's listening that work from home and, you know, find ways to separate their work life from their personal life and finding, you know, time for themselves and creating that separation. I give you so much, you know, I commend you guys so much. Well, thank you for that. So are you excited to uh, like live with Frank fully? I know you guys are pretty much together all the time, but like having that space that's yours. Yes. I mean, I had in my mind that this was going to be happening last year. So obviously like mentally I started buying all this furniture and then it was like yeah you were living there like (laughs) yeah like very tough to switch back to like okay it's happening down the road at like an undefined period of time when like the house is literally there for us to live in so it's been like it's been a very up and down I guess, experience with the living situation. Cause I'll get, we'll both get so excited and talk about like, oh, you know, we're going to walk here and we're going to get this. And I already calculated we're eight minutes from a target, which is amazing. Um, oh my God, I love that. I go through phases where I get like super discouraged. I'm like, okay, it's just never like, it's never going to happen now. Like, you know, we have to come up with plan B, but now things are looking slightly more positive. And so I'm starting to re- get excited about it but I feel like for a long period of time I kind of just didn't think about it and just pretended like it wasn't even an option because it was I was so excited for it and then I would just get like disappointed again that it wasn't working out so hopefully fingers crossed if everyone listening can like send the magic voodoo gods to like make our situation get resolved in our favor that would be lovely (laughs) but no honestly all the good energy on a serious note, though, I am excited, you know, for that chapter because we do spend like pretty much every other day, either I'm at his house or he's at mine. Um, but he works in the city, so he doesn't get home most times until like, I don't know, eight o'clock or nine o'clock. Sometimes he doesn't get to my house until like 10 at night. So and then he's leaving at five in the morning. 
So we really don't have, besides weekends, time to just like cook a meal together. Like by the time he gets to my house, I already had eaten. I'm reheating his meal for him that I had made, you know, when I was cooking. So I'm excited for those little moments of like coming home from work, cooking a meal and just like sitting on the couch and watching a show at like a normal time is pretty much what I'm most excited for. Yeah, those little moments are like with CJ and I, he, it's similar where he, I mean, I'm here because I work from home and everything, but of course, like we have stuff going on and then he's a teacher and a coach and he has meets all the time at like weird hours. And then I'm either working or, you know, we have a lot going on. And I think that living together has shown us like the things that I guess you don't really appreciate previously. So in the morning, like this morning, um, we got up and brought our dogs to a coffee shop we love and then went to like a baseball field and let our dogs just run. And like, we were literally running like children around with them and tossing a tennis ball. But that moment was like so nice. And I think previous to moving in together and having those type of things or like something as simple as in the morning, I'm like, hey, can you help me make the bed? Like that was not, it's really weird when I was living alone to then go to like, oh, there's someone who like, he'll be like, oh, I ran the dishes. And I'm like, oh, like, it's just, it's weird. But it's like, you you get to admire the, I guess, like the care that someone else is putting into both the place that you both live, but also like, you know, he'll be like, hey, I'm you, do you need water if you're sitting on the couch? Or like, hey, uh, do you want to go take the dogs for a walk? Like, it's just these little moments and exchanges. Um, but I think that that is something that you, it's kind of priceless. And we went from like, when we had our busy schedules and didn't live together, we'd always have to make a plan. So it was like, oh, do you want to go to dinner? Okay, let's spend a whole bunch of money. Oh, do you want to like go here? Oh, I want to get out of the house. So like, let's go to like wherever for a day. And everything was like a big to do. And it's kind of nice just to like, go back to the simple things that you realize can just make your life whole. Wow, that sounds really corny, but. So wholesome. No, I completely agree though. Like it, it's very difficult. I think it is one of the reasons why like I let my room go sometimes or like it's hard to maintain it is because going back and forth between two houses throughout the week, like every other day, honestly does get very tiring. Like I'm constantly having like my makeup just in a bag. So every morning when I'm home, I'm just dumping out the bag quickly, finding what I need and then putting it back in to bring, you know, back to Frank's house. And I'm like, there's no point in unloading it if I'm just going to have to repack it up, you know, the next day. So I think that's one of the things I'm looking forward to not having to do, like constantly feeling like I'm on the run and going somewhere and just having that time to be like, no, we can just hang out and relax at the house and not have to do anything is just going to be so relaxing. Like not having to bring four different outfits to, you know, make sure I'm covered for what we're going to end up doing if I'm not home. Like I'm, I'm not here for that anymore. <laughs> yeah. But it I definitely adds to the excitement. Yeah. I'm excited for you guys. And I think, I mean, I'm really excited for to see like what it's decorated like and also just how you guys like create your space together because while CJ and I live together now we're still in an apartment and we already talked about how that has limitations to it so it's so cool that you guys are like literally building this space from the ground up and it's an exciting chapter to look forward to but I feel like we again every episode we say this which I guess is a good thing um we are really like in these first episodes, we're touching on these bigger, broader topics that are really just like interesting and also just play into this idea that everything around you and everything going on in your life, whether that's like our first episode where we really dived into wellness and then we talked about travel and then we talked about our careers. And now here we are talking about our living space. Um, All of these things really play into that bigger picture of living well and finding balance um, in anything that you're doing. And that being said, I think today we can call this one a wrap, but 
what I'd love to do is go into like another episode where we kind of talk about like building your aesthetic, you know, how do we create these really cool spaces? And Ali, I feel like you have so much to offer with that and like the different things you've done, but then also like our closets and our wardrobe, like I feel like, you know, aesthetic is buzzwordy, but you get what I mean. I think that'd be a cool episode to do as a spinoff to this. Oh, absolutely. And especially like now that I'm, you know, back on the horse with decorating, um, you know, the house in Union Beach and trying to figure out like what I want this, what I want the space to feel like, how I'm going to organize it. Like that's been my newest kick is watching like the home edit videos and finding like all of the different hacks for like, cause we are very limited on space. So like, how am I going to organize? And so I definitely think we could do a whole spinoff episode of like all of those little things that I know people are very into these days, especially like after quarantine, when we really had so much time on our hands to organize everything. I think that would be such a perfect spinoff to this. Let's wrap this episode here, but we want you to kind of inform what we talk about next. So if there's something outside of maybe that like creating a space topic that you found interesting during this episode or any others, please uh, let us know that. You can email us. Um, Our inbox is linked in the show notes, but you can also, of course, DM us on Instagram and reach out and really talk to us about whatever you'd like to see us talk about next, who you might want to hear from on the podcast. Um, We're really excited to start bringing on some more guests in addition to our episode that we did with Chelsea. And overall, we just really appreciate you continuing to come on this journey with us every Tuesday with every new episode. We're just getting started, but it kind of feels like crazy because we're in the flow and we're really getting our rhythm. So we appreciate you and we appreciate every time that you rate, that you review or that you share an episode that you're enjoying. And with that, I hope everyone that's listening has a great week. If you have some more free time this week after listening to this episode, we always encourage you to go back to listen to our prior three episodes and our trailer episode just to learn a little bit more about why we started this and some of the other topics we've covered. And again, continue to just contribute ideas to what you want to hear more about from us, whether it's, you know, banter back and forth, whether it's advice on a different topic or just something that you want to hear our take on please feel free to write in and we hope to continue having these conversations where we can keep all of you involved as well. Thanks again and have a great week.